Chronicles of the Awaken is an ongoing story-based podcast that is a work of fiction. It is created and narrated by J.A. LaRock. You can find this podcast on Himalaya, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else podcasts are found. Chapter 48 The Fall In a flash of light, Chase appears in midair, several feet from the plane. The aircraft explodes as Chase's vision darkens, her consciousness slipping away. Once again she has failed. Failed to protect Vincent from harm. Failed to protect Lisette from herself. And the memories and images forced into her very soul have casted doubt on herself and the people she has come to call allies and friends. As Chase slips into darkness, a memory awakens within her. A feeling of hopelessness washes over as the image in her mind changes from blurry to clear. She looks up through a capsule made from metal and glass to the ceiling above. I, I don't think I can do this anymore. The voice is Chase's, but has not come from her lips but from within her mind. She cannot rectify within herself why she no longer has the will, but there is no doubt that she does not wish to continue the fight. A hand comes to rest atop Chase's capsule. She can feel the presence of another person. Chase tries to turn away as a bright, brilliant light shines from the palm of the hand. White life energy fills the capsule, putting Chase in a state of calm, restoring her resolve. We need you, Chase. The voice is clear, and yet Chase is unable to place it. The white energy begins to slowly change to a bright shade of powder blue. The calm within Chase slowly fades as the uneasiness slowly builds. No. I need to remember, Chase whispers as she feels the presence enter her mind. I'm sorry, Chase, the voice says, to be who you are meant to be, you cannot retain this. Chase begins to struggle within the capsule as the blue life energy engulfs her. She begins to pound her fist against the glass, trying to escape. Please. Don't take it from me, Chase whispers. Calm slowly returns to Chase as her mind clears. She lowers her arms to her sides and stares blankly ahead. Now, Chase. Wake up. Chase's eyes dart open to the sound of someone screaming. A rush of air surrounds her body as she searches her surrounding. Please, wake up. Chase looks over at Neville who she has clutched in her arms. She realizes they are upside down, falling through the sky towards the ground below. Above her, Chase can see the debris from the aircraft scattered across the sky. I'm sorry, Neville says. I failed to save her. Perhaps I deserve to die, but I prayed. I asked for God's forgiveness and he sent his angel. He sent you. Chase shakes her head trying to clear her mind and focus on her task. 
Hold on, Chase says as she tucks in her legs and flips herself and Neville upright. Okay, hold tight, Chase says as she points the soles of her feet and the palms of her hands towards the ground. A blast of white energy fires out from Chase's hands and feet, slowing their descent. Neville watches in awe as an aura of white energy surrounds them both. You are truly an angel, Neville says. Thank the Lord. I am not an angel, Chase says. Whatever you think you know, you're wrong. Neville looks out across the sky as they descend past a grouping of clouds. How can you say this? Neville asks. Do your eyes not see? Do yours? Chase retorts. Do you see any wings on me? A halo? Were you even aware of what was happening up there? People died, Chase yells as she looks up towards the debris. I lost someone I- Chase's eyes lock onto another body falling through the sky. It, it can't. Chase gasps as she focuses on the body, seeing it's Vincent. I- I have to- Chase whispers as she looks all around her surroundings, searching for a way to reach Vincent. An idea enters Chase's mind, but just as it does, the doubt follows right behind it. Chase has failed to protect a human soul before, and attempting to reach Vincent, who may be dead, could risk another innocent dying because of her reckless decisions. She looks up at Vincent's body, falling helplessly. She cannot get a clear reading of any active life energy signatures coming from him. Quickly she checks her communicator, but receives nothing but static. Is that the other ain't? Uh, the other one? Neville says. Yes, Chase responds. Neville? Y yes, y you know my name? I do. Listen. I need, I want to try and save him, but I cannot propel myself upwards fast enough while I'm still holding you. I would go, Neville says without hesitation. Save him. Chase looks into the eyes of Neville. She can see within them that he is willing to give his life freely, just on the chance that Vincent, someone he doesn't know, could be saved. I won't let any more harm come to you, Chase says. Just stretch out your arms and legs. Try to float. I'll be back for you. I promise. Neville closes his eyes as he stretches out his arms and legs. A smile forms across his face as Chase releases his grip on him. Neville falls downward as Chase rockets upward. She increases the flow of her energy to her hands and feet, increasing her speed. Chase quickly forms her sword and slashes through the various debris as she draws closer to Vincent. She grabs onto a large piece of debris and plants her feet upon it before making one final thrust. She can see Vincent's lifeless body in sight. Chase springs from the debris, outstretching her arms with perfect timing catching Vincent in midair. She pulls Vincent into her body and wraps her arms around him as she turns downward into a dive. A blast of energy from the soles of her feet increases her descent as she rockets towards Neville. 
Chase fights back a smile as she can feel the life energy still active within Vincent. I'm not gonna let you die, Chase says. Neither of you. As Chase draws close, she can see Neville's eyes are still closed. His life energy calm. There was no doubt in his mind that Chase would save him. I got you, Chase says as she grabs hold of Neville, pulling him in close. I never doubted you, Neville says. You are truly our savior. No, Chase replies. I'm not. Not yet. Chase holds Neville under one arm and Vincent under the other. An aura of white energy surrounds Chase, Vincent, and Neville as the ground quickly approaches. Using all of her remaining strength, Chase fires out massive blasts of energy from the palms of her hands and the soles of her feet, attempting to slow their descent. Chase? Vincent groans as Chase's body slams into the ground. A massive crater forms on impact as multiple cracks and fractures appear across Chase's body. She releases her grip on Neville and Vincent and collapses to the ground. Neville slowly rises and crawls over to Chase's body. His hands shake as he hovers them over the numerous fractures across her body. How... is this possible? Neville stammers. She's dying. Vincent slowly opens his eyes to see Neville leaning over the body of Chase in prayer. He struggles to move as his entire body screams out in agony. Closing his eyes, Vincent tries to think back on his training with Chase to will him to move. Several images flash in his mind. He opens his eyes and gasps as the memories of what happened to him surface. Please, Neville says, turning to Vincent. Can you help her? Vincent looks over Chase's lifeless body. Chase has saved him more than once in such a short time. He refuses to allow his weakness to let her down in her time of need. Slowly, Vincent stands and walks over to Chase. Neville nods and helps Vincent kneel next to her. I thought she was an angel, Neville begins. But this, I've... Can you help her? I, I don't know, Vincent says, looking down at Chase's body. As Vince continues staring at Chase, searching for a way to help, his hands instinctively hover over her body. The feeling of placing his hands over a wounded friend feels strange, scary, and yet familiar. I... I feel... I feel like I've done this before? Vincent asks out loud. An aura of white and blue energy surrounds Vincent's hands as small tears form on the palm of his hands. Small streams of white and blue energy flare out from his hand and all around him. The energy dances in the air before slowly flowing into Chase's body. Neville's eyes widen as he smiles as the fractures on Chase's body slowly heal. You may not be angels, but you are truly divine, Neville says. Beverly did this. How, how do I know that? Why can't I understand now? Neville says, putting his hand on Vincent's shoulder. 
You're angelic spirits. What do you mean? Vincent asks. The Trinity believes the light of God is within every human, every animal. Unlike other religions, we do not believe you have to accept God. You are already accepted. It is your actions or inactions in life that determine your place after death. I can see now and understand. You are just a child, but you have been chosen by God to do good works, great works. Vincent looks down at Chase, who has yet to move. He does not know if he was able to fully help her or not, but at least can sense that her life energy is stable. I... I don't... I don't even know if all of these abilities are mine, Vincent says. One moment, I feel so powerful, as if I could do anything, and then the next... I feel helpless. S scared. And sometimes angry. Which one is the real me? It is all you, Neville says. I was once what they called a techno-thief. I would steal electronic data, currency. Even during the war when many were suffering, I continued to enhance my body to the point that sometimes I felt more tech than man. Then all that was taken from me when I triggered a trap and a virus infected my systems. I almost died. Technically, I did die. All my enhancements were removed, but I was reborn stronger, better than ever. Maybe it's a little cliche, turning to God after near death, but I had a new calling to protect people. To help them. Any way I could. Neville stands and stares up at the sky. That woman on the plane. I hesitated at first. Neville continues. I was frightened. I, I truly believed that she would kill me. And I was afraid. I didn't want to die. Neville. Do you know why I'm so afraid, even though I, I'm supposed to have all this power, I'm supposed to help people? When I was on the plane, I, I had to reach out to you because I felt your fear. It felt like mine. But you died trying to save people. I know that I may have to give my life as well. But that scares me. Is that wrong? No, Vincent. Throwing your life away in the name of sacrifice can be selfish in itself. To God, all life is precious. And if you live a long life helping others, then giving it up that easily would be an affront to him. I was frightened not because of death itself, but because I would not be able to continue helping others, to continue atoning for my past sins. You have been given a gift, Vincent, 
Perhaps one day you will need to give your life to save others. But until then, you must control your fear and embrace the journey ahead of you. A Terran space forms directly ahead of Vincent and Chase. Vincent stands and forms his sword, unsure of what may appear from the portal. A yellow sphere of energy slowly floats out from the portal and towards Neville, who slowly backs away. It's okay, Vincent reassures Neville. This will guide you to the afterlife. It won't hurt you. Afterlife? Neville says. Do you mean heaven? Vincent stands and watches as the sphere stops in front of Neville. I don't know exactly, Vincent says. We, we can't go there, but it's safe. It's a good place. Chase groans as she opens her eyes to see the spear bathe Neville in a soft white light. No, wait! Chase says, forcing herself to stand. I need to talk to him. Chase, you're okay, Vincent says. Neville closes his eyes as the aura of yellow and white light surrounds his body. Neville, what year was it when you died? Chase says, running over towards him. Please tell me, who, who won the war? Chase reaches out, touching Neville's shoulder. A spark of bright yellow energy repels Chase, knocking her several feet away. Vincent rushes to her side and kneels down next to her, helping her up from the ground. Neville slowly opens his eyes and looks over at Vincent and Chase and smiles. Thank you, Neville says. Thank you for my freedom. Chase stands and watches as the sphere guides Neville into the portal. I need to know, Chase whispers, dropping her arms to her side as the portal closes. Chase! Level Black Angelics Killed! The voice is garbled, but Chase can clearly tell it's Lola. There is panic in her voice, something she has not heard from her before. Lola, what's happened? Please repeat, Chase says. Encounter Demonic Prime Kim Killed Vincent sees the shock in Chase's eyes. It is not just from hearing about the murder of an ally but much more. Did she say someone was killed? Vincent asks. What? What is a demonic prime? You need to transfer us to the campus, Chase yells. Now! Chase furiously looks around for any sign of teleport or portal energy. Vincent has never seen Chase act in this manner and yet can feel a dread inside as if he unconsciously knows exactly how she feels. Lola! Chase yells. Where is the portal? Chase! What's wrong? Vincent asks. A tear in space forms several feet from them. As the tear grows, Chase grabs hold of Vincent's wrist and pulls him towards the portal. We have to go, Chase says. Too much has... We can't stay here. Chase and Vincent enter the portal, but unlike the portal that took them to the campus, this one immediately takes them to another location within the negative mirror. 
Chase looks around her surroundings as they both find themselves in the clearing surrounded by a thick, dense forest. Several feet away is a small, disheveled wooden cabin. Chase focuses on it, sensing the presence of an unretrieved soul. Why the hell are we... Chase says, putting her finger to her ear. Lola, where did you send us? We don't have time for this. We need to return to the campus. Now! Vincent approaches Chase and touches her arm. Chase jumps slightly as if she did not realize that he was still with her. Please, Chase, tell me what's happening. Chase turns to Vincent and can see the fear in his eyes. He's looking for answers, and yet, she has so many questions for him. I'm sorry, Vincent, Chase says. I'll try to tell you what I know, but you have to understand something first. That woman that we fought in that plane, she was not a demonic. Not a regular one, at least. She was a demonic shell. Me and I retrieved her long ago and we tried to free her from the demonic process to turn her back into a regular human soul. But I was reckless and she escaped and we had been hunting for her since. Something happened to Lisette. I don't know if it was during the demonic process or when we tried to save her but she manifested abilities and a life energy type that we'd never seen before in a sentient host. But there was more. She talked about seeing things, visions from the future. I'm not sure. I saw some of it too, and it scared me. She also said. She said that other angelics did something to me. That they made me forget things. I don't know if it's true or not, but there is something wrong. During the retrieval, things were different. Even the aircraft. There shouldn't be any moving objects in the mirror. And then there's you. Y your explosion... There's a technique. It's called a soul detonation. It's sometimes the last resort for angelics who might be captured. Basically, you overload all of your life energy and you become a bomb. That's what looked like happened to you, Vincent. Normally, when you enter the soul detonation process, as you're reaching critical mass, you create a repel field to keep anyone from being able to reach you and stop you before you explode. That's exactly what happened, Vincent. It's why I wasn't able to reach you. And then I watched as you exploded. You need to understand, I've never seen anyone outside of Gabriel that could reform themselves after a soul detonation. And even then, he was only able to do it while surrounding himself with an energy bubble to contain his life energy. You detonated in open air. Your life energy should have been scattered 
and absorbed by the negative mirror. But somehow, you reformed yourself and came out of it unscathed. I wasn't unscathed. I'm not, Vincent says as he turns and takes several steps towards the cabin. I'm not doing okay. Something is happening to me, Chase. When Lisette began opening portals, I could feel... something. An energy force communicating with me. Like you did when you first retrieved me. It was in inside me, inside my soul. I felt a rush of information. It was so much. It hurt so much. I... I saw things. I saw you fighting her in a library I've never seen before. I saw a woman standing over you and you were in one of those capsules like I was with Beverly. I saw other things too. Bad things. But you said that sometimes a demonic can force you to see things, right? Maybe that's what happened. Maybe it was all a lie. I wish I could believe that, Vincent. I don't know exactly what Lisette saw, or if she was forcing me to see things, or if those visions came from within me. But definitely some of it did happen. I did fight Lisette in the library, and I was hurt and taken to medical. I think that's where it happened, where they altered my memories. But I don't want to believe my friends would do that to me. But now there's this. Why would they open a portal to here? It was wrong to have you come on retrieval in the first place, especially this one. And now with the return of a demonic prime, instead of letting us return home after a murder of another angelic, they send us here? What is a demonic prime? Vincent asks. A rumor, as far as I know, Chase says. Before I became an angelic, there was a man named Xavier. He was, well, they thought he would be what they think you will be. But he was troubled. There was a report that he encountered a demonic with incredible powers. 10, 50 times stronger than any demonic seen before. We sent out scans across the negative mirror to see if there was anything. But the energy readings, they didn't make sense. There was reports of human life signs. But I don't really know much else about it. All the information was deemed classified and Gabriel decided to assign Naveen to investigate it and she only reports to him. But the thing is, if he's real, then we need to regroup and attack him as a team with our most powerful angelics because if we were in a blast of red energy fires out from the forest, striking Vincent in the chest, the blast sends Vincent flying across the clearing and crashing through the cabin door. Vincent! Chase screams as she begins to run towards the cabin. Chase comes to a sudden stop just before the cabin door, 
and turns back towards the forest as a man hovering above the ground slowly floats towards her. Chase's eyes widen as she can sense the powerful life energy surrounding him, but it is not that alone. She can feel something else coming from him, something she did not think was possible. You're human? Next time. Chapter 49